Ruchim Avaim, and welcome to the Clergy Next Door podcast. I'm Rabbi Evan Ravsky of Synagogue Emmanuel. And I'm Eric Childers from St. Matthew's Lutheran Church in Charleston, South Carolina. We're thrilled to be with you today. Uh, yes, we are. Uh, this is a great topic today, too. It is a great topic. Today, we're we're going to start uh, doing a little bit of Bible study together. We haven't really done that. We've been talking about topics and issues. Uh, we thought today we'd look at a little piece of of shared text uh, and the role that it plays in both of our religions, how it's understood, and what we can learn from each other in the way that we understand these, the, this text. I love it. it is, uh, in our discussion just a few minutes before, um, I already heard some surprises, so I can't wait to hear uh, a little bit more. So what are we discussing today, Pastor? We're talking about the Ten Commandments and the what ten... the Ten Commandments mean. In Hebrew, aseret hadibrot, which doesn't even mean commandments, by the way. It just means the ten sayings or the ten, uh, mm. the ten things. Really? Uh, Does the verb in the Ten Commandments um, translate to shall? Because that's very important, at least in the King James Version, which is for, all, for Jewish people listening, it, it, King James Version is in some uh, Christian traditions the only the only um, real translation. In our church, the uh, in our translate our church uses the translation of the New Revised Standard Version, and um, I think "shall" is still that translated word. "Shall" means it's not a suggestion. These are not the ten suggestions. It is a, a verb that suggests commandment. So, is your verb "shall"? Do and don't. Mm, okay. You, know, I, you, could, right. you could use shall. That that's the thing is is that it that it because we're, we're talking about translation. So if I'm looking in the Hebrew, it's ta'ase velo ta'ase. You should do and shouldn't do. Uh, I would classify them more as as positive and negative commandments. Yes. Okay. Right. Positive being do this shall yes. and and negative being shall not. Okay. Um, so yeah, sure we can we can use shall. I I happen to have a, a Tanakh right in front of me, and so when when you ask that question, I'm I'm turning to it right now to see how uh, how we translate it uh, currently because um, I it ex- yeah shall and shall not. I think that still is... in in what in the the JPS translation that we use from the Jewish Publication Society, um, which is a, a great translation. I have that uh, that one there. Yeah. yeah, it uses shall and shall not. So so yes. I think that for us anyway, that changes it from as you had said earlier, do and do not to you better do and do not. <laughs> it, so it, it really changes it from commandments to uh, shall changes it from commandment. Um, or it makes it a commandment rather than just um, sayings, as you said earlier. But that's what I want to hear more about because this is some of the things you've said earlier is have just really kind of blown my mind about this whole thing. Uh, so, well, so in Judaism, so we need to we need to understand a couple of things. Yes. Um, right. The first is that there are there's two different versions of the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. that can be found in the Torah. Okay. The version that is in Exodus, yes. right, when we're first told of Moses going up on Mount Sinai, uh-huh. um, there's, and it's Exodus chapter 20, yes. right, there's that version. That's where ours come from as well in Exodus. Right. But then there's also the version found in Deuteronomy chapter 5, which is, uh, when we're going through the Torah again, it's Moses, Oh yes. Okay. Uh, right, yes. before the Israelites go into the land, Moses is recounting their entire journey, Moses recounts the Ten Commandments. 
but a different version of the Ten Commandments, a slightly different version of the Ten Commandments, um, is given. Uh, probably the biggest difference in it is uh, the commandment about the Sabbath. Um, words are different. The reasoning behind the commandment is actually different. Uh, if we're looking between Exodus and Deuteronomy, there's a few other differences uh, throughout the commandments, uh, but that's the the big difference. Um, so first, let's recognize there's two different versions okay, of okay. the Ten Commandments to start with, um, and then we move on from from there. The the thing that surprised you is that in Judaism, the Ten Commandments are, it's not the Ten Commandments, as in those are the only commandments that we have. Yes, like the, our, those are the ones that the Charlton Heston brought <laughs> See for down. us, for us, it's Mel Brooks who brought down oh fifteen and then and dropped five so, and so goes down to you ten. You know, I didn't know if your <laughs> listeners would be offended. I think that is hilarious <laughs> when he when he that scene. I present you the fifteen <laughs> crash. 10, Ten commandments. I love that. How Jews be offended by Mel Brooks? Oh no, that, that might be, you know, the we, 11th or 12th commandment of thou shalt not be offended by Mel Brooks ever. We need more Mel Brooks. Yes. Um, but for for Jews, I mean, you know, we find it in, in Exodus 20 or Deuteronomy 5. For, for Jews, these 10 commandments are only a sliver of the commandments that were given in the Torah. There's actually 613 mitzvot, or commandments, that make up um, all of the commandments that God gave us that are mentioned in, in the Torah. Um, you know, and, and so these are just 10 of 613, um, and they hold equal weight as oh, the other 603. Wow. Uh, they aren't more important or less important you know, save for maybe uh, the first one, yes. uh, which we have to get into because our, the, the first one, as, as Judaism understands, it's a little bit different yes. than, than how Christianity understands it. Um, but none of them, they, they hold equal weight across so, the board. So before we get to that, though, would you say, how is that? So all, you said 619? 13. So 613. So um, how, how, say more about that. Why is it the only... 10 are the ones that are sort of mentioned or, or are they all 613 important? And we, we just have a, a Christians haven't paid attention to that. <laughs> um, so all 613 are, are important. Um, it's pretty much any time you, you have in the Torah where God says you shall, or you shall not. Um, so for instance, we can go back uh, as far as, as Genesis, right? When God tells, uh, you know, the first humans to be fruitful and multiply, that's the first mm. commandment that we have, right? Be fruitful and multiply. Um, it's also that these Ten Commandments aren't the only ones that God gives to Moses while Moses is up on Mount Sinai. Remember, he's up there for 40 days and 40 nights, um, and then it ends up being 80 days and 80 nights because he smashes the first mm -hmm. set of tablets and goes back up for another 40 days, 40 nights, and God teaches him all of these laws um, and there's a whole lot in there, right? Everything ranging from religious <coughs> law, everything from, from religious law about the holidays to interpersonal relationships to business dealings. Um, God sort of covers all of that with lots of do and do nots. Um, and 
we take those and we we sort of make a compendium of them of these are the the 613 laws that god gives us some are on mount sinai some are in the garden of eden some are wandering in the wilderness mm -hmm. uh, later on uh, like i said from genesis to through to deuteronomy we get 613 of them mm -hmm. uh, total many of them modern day we can't do anymore yes because a lot of them, I don't know the exact number, uh -huh. but a, a chunk of them uh -huh. are uh, are about sacrifices, um, right? We're only allowed, Jews are only allowed to do sacrifices in the temple of Jerusalem mm -hmm. offered by the Kohanim. Uh, there is currently no temple in Jerusalem, mm -hmm. so we're unable to perform those. So, uh, so we get an exemption, mm -hmm. right? Because we don't want to do them wrong. Sure. So, uh, rather than say, oh, do the sacrifice elsewhere. It's just while we're unable to do it, it's sort of off the board. So there are a, a swath of the 613 that we can't actually perform, but then there's a couple hundred that we still are able to perform, uh, on a, on a annual or, or daily basis. And so can you give me an example of one? I mean, my next question was going to be, what do you do with those commandments that you can observe? So give, would you, can you give an example of one? Sure. Any of the holidays, um, save for Hanukkah. Hanukkah is mm -hmm. the only, uh, holiday that isn't mentioned in the, in the Jewish Bible. Um, but you know, we just, we, we celebrated Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot. Um, all of those holidays are mentioned in the Torah. So observing them are um, keeping kosher, not in the Ten Commandments, right? Those holidays aren't mentioned in the Ten Commandments. Keeping kosher, not mentioned in the Ten Commandments, um, but we do that on, on a daily basis. Um, you know, interpersonal relationships, the way we, we act towards one another. Some of them are in the Ten Commandments, as we'll, as we'll discuss. Some of them aren't. Um, and so simply by, by, you know, performing those mitzvot, we, we perform many of them throughout the day. Um, and some of them, yes, we can only perform annually, such as Rosh Hashanah, right? Observing the, the Jewish New Year, well, can only do it once. Uh, one, well, we have actually have four New Year's in mm -hmm. Judaism. Mm -hmm. That's when we discuss the festivals and yes, our holidays. Yes, I'm looking forward um, to that. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> but the celebration of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, can only do it once a year. Um, and so those are celebrated on an annual basis. Okay, so, and I'll ask, and then maybe you can turn this one on me. Um, what then is the purpose of the Ten Commandments to the Jewish tradition? Great question. What, go first. Why don't you go first? Okay. And because I've been talking first, so why don't you go first? And uh, and and we'll come back because I, I do have an answer. But uh, <laughs> let's hear for for the sake of Christianity, if. We're just focused on that, those 10, right? Yes. Um, so <clears throat> the Ten Commandments are a gift that bring order out of chaos. That, that's, that's what I teach um, parishioners at St. Matthews, um, that the Ten Commandments, the first three, one, two, and three, um, uh, you shall have no other gods. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God and remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Those first three have to do with our relationship with God. The next seven, four through 10, have to do with our relationship with one another. So it brings, uh, uh, um, I, I, I often say this, if the, if the Bible, um, what is the Bible about for someone who just, um, arrived and has never heard of the Bible. If you had to explain what the Bible is, the Bible is, um, God created 
the universe and said that it is good and it was good until it wasn't. And we came in fractured that when it was broken, the rest of the Bible is about God putting back what was broken into wholeness. And at the very end of all things, things will be made whole again. During that journey, when that, as we go through that together in our um, good moments, mountaintop moments and wilderness moments, we have the Ten Commandments, which help us to live together peacefully. They bring order out of chaos. So that is not, um, and again, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. So we have the, the law. It's, we're not antinomialists, meaning we don't, we're anti-law. We believe that the Ten Commandments are our sacred word. Um, and they're not suggestions. We shouldn't. Their commandments. We should live by these, but they are a gift that um, that help us to live together. So I want to come back to that. Yes. I want to I want to answer the question now for for Judaism, but I want to come back to that because yes. I I do have some questions. Um, so first, just to note is that you you know you quoted uh, commandments number one through yes. three, and then <laughs> four. You know, so uh, just to recognize, so you were talking actually a different breakdown yes. of the the Ten Commandments. Um, a different the, numbering. It's a num- different numbering, yeah. right, right. Because um, in Judaism, the we actually have the first commandment as I'm the Lord your God, period, end of sentence. Mm-hmm. Even though there's no do or do not there or shall or shall not, um, we consider that as, as number one. Yes. Um, and so for us, right, you'll have no other gods before me and make no other images uh, is actually... Commandment number two, yes. uh, don't take my name in vain, yes. is number three. And then uh, Shabbat, the Sabbath day, is actually already number four. Yes. And then father, mother is five, so you're sort of just moving everything down. And then it's different again when we get to the covets and the yes. desires, because uh, for us, all the covet and desiring is a single commandment. Uh, you break it into two, two. two or three. Two. We have two. And I will say to our listeners that's one that always every time we talk about this particularly when i teach uh, catechism that always confounds me a little that 80 percent of the ten commandments are about coveting and i think there's a lesson there for us we can talk about that in a minute when we get to coveting but um i think there's a lesson there but it is important i think and i want you if you would tell us why we start these with a declarative statement i am the lord your god we don't make that as we, we make that assumption, but That's, Jews say no. We're going to start with that. So, I, so it's a great question. I think it actually goes back to how do we understand them, and we have to go back and put them, put the Ten Commandments and where they fall into the narrative. Um, that that brings it all into context, right? Yes. Where it is in the narrative of of the Torah. Hmm. So, when the Israelites come out of Egypt, right? They're in Egypt for four hundred plus years as slaves. All of a sudden, this guy Moses walks out of the desert, shows up, and says, I'm here to free you. And uh, this God, God of the Israelites, by the way, uh-huh, God of your uh-huh, ancestors, uh-huh. is going gonna, is gonna to perform some miracles and wonders and set you free. Great, wonderful. We get some, you know, some, some great Torah out of it. Um, there's the big cinematic moment of the splitting of the of the Red Sea and the Israelites walking through it. Uh, God does exactly what God uh, said would happen, uh, which is that the Israelites are freed. But if we look back at it, for 400 years, 
these people were were slaves in a foreign land and and you know felt as though God had abandoned them right they were slaves they had cried out to God they were waiting for their prayers and their and their cries to be answered and they were surrounded meanwhile by this Egyptian culture and then all of a sudden a guy appears right and things start happening by the time the Israelites get into the wilderness when they cross the Red Sea and get into the wilderness they're now supposed to have this relationship with God and with Moses um, that hasn't existed for 400 years, right? Mm. For 400 years, it's been them calling out to God with no answer. Yes. And now they're just supposed to trust that this deity, that this God will care for them in the wilderness, right? And initially, they're not going to wander for 40 years, right? It's They're actually going to get the, to Israel fairly quickly. Um, that's another story yes. for another time. Yes. But still, right, they're in the wilderness They've got no means of food. They've got no means of shelter. They've got what they're carrying with them. And even if it's not going to take 40 years, walking from, figure, Cairo to, you know, a lot to, mm-hmm. you know, the Nile River to the south of Israel. Yes. Um, it's still by foot is it, a far way and through it desert. Is, it is, yes. And so, and so they get into the wilderness and they need to start building this relationship with God almost from from scratch, right? Not in the sense that they don't believe in God, but they haven't known God. And all of a sudden, God is very present in their lives, right? There's this pillar of cloud and this pillar of fire that is guarding them and protecting them day and night. Moses is there saying, oh, God says, you know, A, B, C. They haven't heard this for, for generations for them. And so they go right to Mount Sinai. And Mount Sinai, and why it's that declarative statement, sure. right, is that it's the start of this relationship, right? It's God introducing God's self. I am the Lord, your God. You'll have no other gods before me. And we're going to start building this relationship. So declarative statement of identification. And I would add another word. Is it comfort as well? In part, yes. I think it, I think it's comfort. And I think it's, it's like you said, it, it's stating who are the parties, right? In this covenant that we're going to start forming together, reforming together, um, I'm God. You're the Israelites, and we're going to come together, and we're going to we're going to um, you know enter into this relationship together. Um, you know, we could get into the historical archaeological piece, which is that the format of the Ten Commandments is very similar to other ancient Near East um, declarations and mm-hmm. contracts, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what the Ten Commandments are. It's this contract of if we do A, B, C, D, right, then God will do X, Y, Z for us. Um, and in the wilderness, I think immediately when they get in the wilderness, that's what the Israelites need to know. They need to know what do we do to make sure that God um, protects us and takes care of us in the wilderness because that's got to be their biggest fear. They're a, they're a helpless people, right? They, they've they only been slaves. They don't know anything. They're not educated. They're not self-sustaining. They need to rely on God in the wilderness. And I think that the Ten Commandments in context help start laying out the the basis, the foundation, and the guidelines for that, relation, uh, that relationship. And so those first four uh, commandments... Right or the first are are involve God, right? They're all about who God is and our relationship to God, and then 
the others, right, five through ten in the Jewish numbering, are all about interpersonal relationships. The thing that stands at the crux of it is the Sabbath day, right? Is that the Sabbath is both a day of rest for, for humanity and for God, and it's a time when we are, are closest together. Um, and so the, the Sabbath is the, the turning point. But if we look at it, the first three or four, um, however we're numbering them, are all about our relationship with God. And then the last ones are all about our relationship with one another. Um, and so going forward in the, in the wilderness, in the desert, that's what the Israelites need. They need this relationship between God and they also need to establish the relationship between themselves. What are the, what are the rules of our society for ourselves as we wander through this, this wilderness? Um, so that's where it starts. But then Moses is up there for another, you know, 39 days or so and gets a whole lot of other laws and commandments that will help guide the people's lives either in the wilderness or eventually when they enter into the land of Israel and will be the basis for uh, Israelite and then Jewish society once they establish themselves in the land of Israel. Establishment. That's that's a, a, an important takeaway, I think, for that that God shows up and, right. and God shows up on the mountain as we often see God does. Right. So, Pastor Mike, my question for you then is: so, and I and I maybe can figure this out because you know I think we have to bring Jesus into the conversation here. But is so, what do you do, or what do you and your parishioners do then with? all the other commandments, because there are a lot of other shall sure. and shall not sure. in sure. the in the Torah, the Old Testament, however we want to define it, are those all canceled out because of Jesus? And if so, why do these 10 stand and none of the other 603 that, that I'm talking about? Yes, great question. So, and I think it goes back to that new covenant language. So the covenant we, we would talk about is... Um, I would point to Abraham and Sarah as that first covenant that we would recognize. Not that the Ten Commandments are not covenant, um, but the first covenant that we have established is with Abraham and Sarah, and um, I will make this great nation. And then we have in our communion language, in our communion dialogue, um, that um, we have this this phrase, um, I am the new covenant. Um, and that, that language points directly to this or indirectly to this notion of law. And so um, it's, again, Jesus did not come to say that these laws don't matter anymore. It's to say that we are not living under that, um, the unachievable standard of the law. Because we can't, so Luther, now, and this is where Protestants are going to uh, differ. And this is where Luther, Lutheran theology places more emphasis on grace. Each week when we begin worship, we begin almost every Sunday. Yesterday we didn't, or, or this week we didn't because it was all saints and we did, it looked a bit different. Worship didn't look exactly the same. But almost every Sunday we begin with confession and forgiveness. This is during our gathering. We start by saying we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves or words to that effect. And by us saying that, we often kneel. We have a posture of submission and kneeling and reverence. So we kneel and we say those words or similar words. We are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. Essentially, we need you. 
we receive that absolution every time, every time. Now, um, then we go forward and we continue to say, um, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We sing a Kyrie. Um, we, we then are, are forgiven to then go out and, to, and then nourished and hear the word for the rest of the worship and then are sent out into the world for the, another week. Now, it's not licensed to go and sin again and break all these other rules. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the uh, theologian, the 20th century Lutheran theologian, would have said um, that that's cheap grace, that you have to be transformed and reflective and introspective about receiving this absolution, this forgiveness from God, in order so that that you're not just, um, it has to cost something. He said, cheap grace is not what we want. Costly grace um, that we have internalized and that shapes us and renews us and truly transforms us is what we are going for. So the laws aren't going to save us. It is the gospel. And so that points to a whole other Lutheran theological idea called law and gospel and their intention with each other. Our, in seminary, our teachers um, tell us that every sermon should include a little law, but a lot of gospel. At a funeral, I preach, um, if, if anybody has come to a, a certainly a Lutheran um, funeral that I've preached, Many are going to leave feeling, I hope, good and empowered um, and renewed because I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach a word of good news. Sometimes, have you? I don't know if you've ever had this experience, if you've been to a funeral um, and, and other traditions and you feel like everyone is going straight to hell. Everyone has, we've never going to, because we're never going to live up to what, that standard, that law that God, that God has put before us. So instead, we are focusing on the good news, the grace that God has given us, and the good news through the works um, and the action, the salvation, salvific act of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's a, probably a very different concept <laughs> for your Jewish listeners because the law is so important. And again, I go back to my... Um, a, a, a colleague, he would lead us on trips. He, in fact, he led our trip to Israel a few years ago. Um, his name is uh, Dr. Monty Luker. And he said that Judaism is a religion of doing. Christianity is a religion of believing. And I think what he means by that is the law is so important in doing, I'm going to put um, air quotes, doing the law. And it's not that we Jews don't believe. It's not, no. that's not the case. But we don't do, quote, the law. We receive the gospel, this good news. And I hope if we've done it right, <laughs> it, is, it transforms us and renews us into something else. So when you say the, the good news, I mean, you're talking about the gospel, the gospel, gospel and, and Mark, Luke, Matthew, Matthew Mark, Luke, and John. John. However, Lutherans are going to find, and this is something we can do in the future too, how the different ways we read the Bible. Um, if I were preaching, um, let's say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I've already done a sermon on one of these topics, and that's the appointed reading for the week. I'm going to find a word of good news in Genesis. Mm. So I can, as Christians, we can read the Old Testament through the lens of the cross, the lens of Jesus, and find, like, for instance, you mentioned Moses earlier. I hear that story also as a baptismal story. It is a story, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, 
coming out of bondage, out of slavery, through, through the water. waters into freedom. Now, it didn't look beautiful. Wilderness wasn't exactly what they expected. And, you know, once we go into life, we're not, we're, baptism is not insurance from, it's not a force field. Um, but we are marked with the cross of Christ and we live in this community. And again, that's so much more similar than different than, than to Christians and Jews. And we, we, we're in so many ways, we both are living in community. And that's, that's so important. We go into the world to, um, so I, I can see the gospel and, um, Certainly, the Old Testament too. So, but so I want to push you for yes. a sec because I'm not sure I got an answer or okay. didn't hear the answer, perhaps. Yes. To, to why do question, I do with the others? Which is, or or even or even then then why shouldn't I kill someone or why shouldn't I steal if it's just I mean cause it's it's be good forgiven. news. I mean it would be great news that I you know got the the car I wanted because I stole it. So yes, I'm not trying to be to be tongue in cheek here about no, about you. Christianity, right? But but. So, so what power did what, the what power, right? Did what the power did the Ten Commandments hold? They okay, so the power again, I go back to the purpose of the Ten Commandments is not to, um, it is to shape our lives, and it's not even good behavior, it's to shape our community and our living together in a way in which we appreciate and love one another as God would have us. These, as we look at these, um, the, there are blessings in each of these commandments. These are gift. Um, so it says, um, let's take this, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So we do that first as um, remembrance of God, but even more importantly, we see that it's gift that God gives to us in which we, that's a day, a time of rest. And I remember a classmate of mine in divinity school at Wake Forest, and for his, he said for for him, he understood Sabbath as not Sunday, uh, and your Saturday was not just Sunday a Sabbath, but his Sabbath was after, anytime he finished a, a, um, a hard work, that was his Sabbath because he saw this as God giving us this gift of, Self-care, if, if nothing else. Um, another example, um, you shall not, uh, well, you said you shall not steal. Um, because, again, it's out of respect and love for neighbor. Um, one thing that we do in catechism, and th- this has helped me to understand <coughs> how we see these, um, we, being Christians, see these differently. <coughs> Excuse me. We, um, I ask our confirmants who are students 13, basically 13-year-olds preparing for confirmation, affirmation of baptism, to rewrite the Ten Commandments in their own words. And it's interesting to hear what they come up with. Well, like, for instance, um, um, you shall not commit adultery. That um, I remember one time they said, love the person you're with. Um, for coveting, be happy with what you have. They they change the the negatives to positives in, and, in one uh, way and and yes um let's see what was another um do not bear false witness don't lie don't tell lies about each other I mean so in in it's it's a sort of every sort of vernacular that we use but it also shows that it's just about being in in a sense good citizenship it's good citizenship it's not about being 
um, necessarily citizens here on earth, but citizens in heaven. I would also say there's some kingdom of God language here as well, which is what Jesus came to preach, that this is this brings a kind of a foretaste of the kingdom of God, these Ten Commandments to us in our lives here. Um, but they're gift. I would say I would say the Ten Commandments are gift um, there because they order our lives. So then what, finish the, the, what you said was, so then what do you do with the other 603, as Jews would number them, but what do you do, anything else in the, in the Torah, the Old Testament that says, you shall or you shall not, outside of these 10, what do you do with them? They are, we ignore them. (laughs) (laughs) Just like if we, uh, (laughs) just like uh, there are some books in the, um, uh, some books in the, that don't appear on our lectionary, we just don't read them very often. No, I, I. Adjust. But that's the the why are the Ten Commandments, and that's what I think was so surprising to me at the beginning. Why, um, why are the Ten Commandments not? And maybe correct me if I'm saying this wrong. So prescriptive for Jews, or are they? They, I mean, they are. Yeah. Um, but no more than the others, right? Yeah, like okay, I said, okay. keeping kosher isn't. Um, isn't in, is even isn't in, in the Ten Commandments, yes, yes. that probably has a bigger um, impact on my daily life than, uh, you know, me not killing. There might be a few people I want to uh, kill, but like, yes. you know, in You're general, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I spend a lot more time of my day thinking about what I'm eating or, yes. or planning meals um, than I do about uh, stealing or not stealing, um, you know, or not making graven images of, of God. Um, so they're, they're really just part there. They're 10 that are part of, uh, of, of a larger compendium of, mm-hmm. of commandments. You know, I think they, they stand out because they are the 10 commandments, yes. the Mount Sinai, the, the cinematic moment. And yes, and yes they, they are, or, or they do hold a more prestigious place in the Torah and how they're presented um, both in Exodus and in Deuteronomy. Um, even when we read them, when we get to the point where we read them in the synagogue, um, we stand up for them, right? As we read those verses, we we pause right before and we ask the congregation to stand so that we're sort of reenacting that moment of Mount Sinai, um, of the people standing at the foot of Mount Sinai while, while Moses receives them. It's also a uh, it's it's a great moment with thunder and and lightning and and clouds on the on Sinai, and so I think that it's and it's also that moment when the Israelites accept them, right? They say not a seven ishma. We will we will do and we will hear when God sort of presents the the commandments. It's us having having that partnership with God. Of it's not just God saying do and do not yes but it's the israelites saying we agree to live by these standards we accept yes. these commandments we accept these these rules and these laws and we're going to enter into that partnership with with god um and so yes the way they're presented yes. in in the torah is certainly uh more grand than uh, uh the sacrifices yes but ultimately it's not the these 10 alone aren't the only 10 that we live our lives by there's a great deal more many that that we look to uh and and we learn from and while there's you know i say 613 um those have been broken out into 
much greater detail through the the millennia, mm-hmm. right, of of rabbinic commentary and evolution of where we are and, and where we live. Some of these commandments, um, particularly the agricultural ones that are mentioned mm-hmm. in the Torah, pertain only to the land of Israel. And so, you know, the sabbatical year where you're not supposed to plant anything or um, or harvest anything, that only applies to the land of Israel. It doesn't matter what we do here in, in, in America, mm-hmm. right? We can plant all year round, every year, without a break. I don't know if that's good agricultural practice or not, um, but those agricultural laws don't apply to anywhere but Israel. Um, and so depending on where you are in the world, you might be obligated in, in other ones, uh, in, in some laws where you're not obligated them if you live elsewhere. So it's, uh, you know, we, we live our lives by them, um, you know, truly where, wherever we go with the idea of, of getting closer to God, right? That, but sure. through, like you said, through the, through the doing, through the performance of the mitzvot, of the commandments, that we're truly walking in God's way, in God's path, in God's footsteps, and fulfilling what God, what God desires. Um, we have to believe, yes, right? One of, there are commandments about belief. They might be some of the, the hardest commandments to fulfill when God tries to command our emotions, right? Love, love, you know, your God with all your heart and all your might. It's really hard to command emotions like that. Yes. Um, and forgiveness. And, that's another, for Christians, it's very difficult. And so, uh, you know, we look at it and, and there's actually an interesting discussion in the Talmud of, is it greater to do a commandment or, or a deed, I should mm-hmm. say, when you're commanded to or not commanded to? Right? Is it greater to give charity um, out of the goodness of your heart or because you have been told by God to? And and where the rabbis actually settle is that being commanded to do something is greater than doing it just because um, because you may not want to, right? If you only do it when, yes. to borrow a term, when yes. the spirit moves yes. you, yes. Yes. right? Then you feel really good about yourself. Yes. Um, but to... Do something when you're obligated, but yes. not in the mood when to do, do it. When you do the right thing when no one's looking. Right. Yes. It, yes. it can take a lot more um, effort to yes. do it in that case than... Or maybe it's motivated by a more uh, authenticity or, or maybe a purity or something. I think the takeaway is for, for, for Lutherans, we would say that Jesus, um, Jesus freed us from the law. and But I like what you said earlier and I haven't really talked about that is the commandments don't, they only not only are gifts to us to bring us closer together and peaceably here on earth, but they also bring us closer to God in the small catechism, which is made up of essentially three parts of that um, Luther discusses. It's a, it's a brief little book, but very important. Um, one of the sections is the 10 commandments. And after the, statement the commandment is stated he'll have a very brief explanation and all of them begin with so that we may fear god or we so that we can become more closer to god so the commandments also bring us closer to god and to each other as well so one more question about the then we'll stick with the ten commandments okay good so then does it matter Mm -hmm. that there is a difference in the ten commandments depending on whether you're reading exodus or deuteronomy 
that's, I, I would answer that by saying, is there a difference that when you read the creation story in Genesis and there's more than one creation story? I mean, it, it, it depends upon who's translating, who is, what it means, and how you understand the creation story to be. Is the creation story a science story, you know, about like the, um, uh, is it a scientific um, uh, summary of exactly what happened? We don't, Lutherans don't, be, well, I shouldn't say that. Most <laughs> Lutherans don't believe that. Um, that's not the way we in, interpret the Holy Scripture. It depends upon what how you are reading it. And the other, you may even say this, in, um, in um, the Gospels, Matthew, Luke, and John, there are three, there are bat, um, birth narratives, uh, nativity narratives, but they're very different. Luke is the one that many people, maybe even Jewish people will know um, about Jesus in the manger, you know, shepherds, Christmas. Wise men, the Christmas, yeah. Okay, there's that one, but there's also Matthew, Matthew's nativity story has a different point of view. It, it's, it really tells Joseph's side of the story. Mark doesn't have one because it picks up um, in Jesus' public ministry when he's an, an adult. But John's is very different too. I'm sure your listeners have heard this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. So that it doesn't certainly seem like a birth narrative, but it is John's version. So it's not that one is necessarily more important than the other. It's just a different source and expression that we have just like the commandments is a different certainly the one that we often think about mainly because and it could be really but you know no joking aside with charlton heston and mel brooks is ten commandments because that is cinematic it's on mount sinai um god shows up on the mountain um that's um it could very well be uh more important because we know it you know for, for, better. for Jews, having four versions of the same story would have driven our <laughs> ancient rabbis. We'd still, they'd still be sitting around the, the yes. table discussing it. They would have refused to die and just continue discussing it. But we um, still do. I, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Right. We still have many questions about this. Right. So for, for yes. our listeners who don't know, right, if you read Genesis chapter 1 versus chapter 2, two very different creation stories. Um, and for us, it is a... It's a challenge, right? The fact mm -hmm. that there's two different versions of the Ten Commandments, um, we we believe that every word in the Torah is purposeful and true, right? Given by God to Moses mm -hmm. on Mount Sinai. Um, most believe that. Not mm -hmm. all Jews. Mm -hmm. Most, some of us, uh, you know, believe that it's just a, a really good uh, attempt to understand our relationship with with God. Mm -hmm. um, but but no matter what our theological perspective is, there's no question that the words of the Torah are holy. It's the fact that one version says, uh, shamor et yom Shabbat, right? Uh, guard the the Sabbath day, which is the, the text actually from Deuteronomy. And in Exodus, it says, zachor et yom Shabbat, remember the Sabbath day. Generations of rabbis trying to explain how it is that Moses could get it wrong. Um, you know, I said earlier that even the reasoning is different. In Exodus, the reason for the Sabbath day is um, a reflection of creation. Mm. In Deuteronomy, it's a remembrance of the Exodus from Egypt. Oh, so even, those are very different. That's yes. very different, yes. right? Yes. Very, very different. <clears throat> and it even makes it into our liturgy. On Friday nights, we talk about, um, you know, that, that God said the words shamor v'zachor, remember and observe or guard, um, that God said them in, in a single breath, right? Something that humans can't do, which is to say two words 
at exactly the same time. Not like when we mm. combine two words sure. and accidentally say, you know, something that sounds funny, but God actually spoke two words, Shamor and Zahor, at exactly the same time. Um, to not say that Moses remembered it incorrectly or it changed over the course of the 40 years that they were wandering in the wilderness. Um, and that even though Exodus doesn't record the word Shamor, um, because it's recorded later, we have to find some way to um, to rectify it, to balance it out, to make it that that both are uh, are true and good and and sacred, and not say one is right and and one is wrong. So, you know, those little differences that are that are in there um, become fodder for for incredible amounts of rabbinic commentary, what we call midrash, um, which is exactly that sort of rabbinic and and scholarly uh, explanation of or exploration, I should say, of how can these texts be different when they're both in the Torah. Mm. Mm. So the takeaway, what's the takeaway for the Ten Commandments today for our listeners? Hopefully it's uh, in part that they learn something a little bit new of of how each religion uh, understands them, right? The fact that in Judaism, it's they're, they're one uh, or ten of many. Yes. Um, Whereas I think it's it's fascinating that in Christianity there are ten that that survived, yes. uh, so to speak, right? Where where you said that with with Jesus and the new covenant that everything else sort of falls by the waysides, but but these ten uh, manage to to continue on uh, as as a guidepost or as as something that that remains important. Um, you know, I and life giving, and I should say life giving as well. They're not; they are supposed to be gift. Um, I'm not sure we always think of them as gift. Anytime you have rules, but they really are more than that. They really are um, commandments for. I was going to say good living, but gosh, I don't know what good living means. But it's for peacefully living together. Between people and and with God, right? Absolutely, it's, it's about relationship Absolutely. building, um, both both for humanity with the divine and humanity with with ourselves. Absolutely, um, I think that's what what these ten certainly represent uh, between both religions, uh, even if they play different roles within the larger theological scope of of you know what commandments do we have that guide our lives? Um, you know, there's certainly a difference there, but that their relationship building for us and for the divine permeates both both religions, both understandings. Amen. Uh, for this week, Tov Shachen Karov Me'ach Rachok. A neighbor nearby is better than a friend far away. See you around the neighborhood. See you around the neighborhood. ones uh, more than anything else that program kosher laws no not kosher is not even in it oh wow no and and they're not more important right like no of the 613 all of them are are equal footing this is breaking news right here i didn't realize (laughs) this So next week, we will talk about Thanksgiving, gratitude, how fitting as we come near the Thanksgiving holiday. It is one of my favorite holidays of the year. Uh, 
it's the only holiday that I don't have to 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 do right. All the other holidays, uh, we're in charge of of hosting meals or something else. I'll I'll say it now. I'll say it again next week, most likely. Uh, favorite holiday of the year because uh, we don't have to do anything. I also love a good parade. Oh yeah, yeah, parade. I, I remember what David Letterman said about parades. Parades are barely entertainment, but I know I like them too a little bit. So next week, we'll look at Thanksgiving as we all look at celebrating Thanksgiving. In a few days.